Let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in each of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our shelter and our redeemer. Amen. In this Easter season, we once again consider a resurrection account, Matthew's version, as we did last week. We recall that two of Jesus' disciples, Mary Magdalene and another Mary, come to Jesus' tomb with their deep grief to mourn his death. And we're told that an earthquake occurred and an angel of God came down and said to them, Do not be afraid. He is not here, for he has been raised, just as he said. The tomb was empty. The body of Jesus was not there. Reflecting on this, theologian and seminary president Craig Barnes writes, Jesus never stays where we leave him. So where is Jesus? Well, the angel tells us he's already on the move, on his way to Galilee. And Mary and Mary are also on the move, on their way into the city to tell the other disciples everything they have heard and seen. And on the way, Jesus stops them and greets them. And they look at him, knowing in truth that he is alive. They fall to his feet and kiss them, wanting to hold on to this miracle. But Jesus has no plans to remain there, and he has no plans for Mary and Mary to stay there. There's a mission to be carried out. Go, he says, and do not be afraid, come what may. And go tell our brothers that they can come out of hiding now, that it's going to be okay. You will all see me in Galilee. Jesus never stays where we leave him. And for Jesus' disciples, this is great news. Risen from death, he has left the tomb. They have met him, spoken to him, touched him. They are not adrift so much anymore. But for other people in the story, the resurrection of Jesus is not very good news. The soldiers guarding the tomb of Jesus witness everything the Marys did, and they failed at their duty to guard the body of Jesus. Terrified, they run into the city to find the chief priests and the elders, the religious leaders, and tell them everything. The religious leaders had plenty to fear. Although living under Roman occupation like their fellow Jews, like the followers of Jesus, the Jew and non-Jews alike, they themselves enjoyed more benefits than most some security and status. As long as they kept the peace of the religious folk, Rome would leave them alone. The roving rabbi Jesus proved to be a huge threat to life as they knew it. He stirred up the crowds with his countercultural teaching and his talk about toppling worldly empires, about his talk about justice and equity for the oppressed, and especially about talking about the love of God and neighbor as the supreme law of God. The religious leaders worship the same God as Jesus, but to follow Jesus meant taking a good look at their lives and motives. It meant risking discovering that the law of love may not govern their hearts, that they were not loving their neighbors as themselves, 
that maybe they were not relying upon the one true God for their lives, but only upon themselves, only about striving for their own gain and preservation, only daily striving to keep things the way they were, the status quo, where they could remain comfortable and under at least the illusion of control. For the religious leaders and the guards and all benefiting from Roman rule, the day that executed Jesus was laid in that tomb was a day some of their fear dissipated. So because of this news that Jesus did not stay where they left him, together they cooked up a scheme of deceit, of blame, with hush money, no doubt wishing it would all just be a bad dream and that they could wake up to how life was yesterday. Pause with me a moment and consider this statement again. Jesus never stays where we leave him. How has this been true in your own life? Is this good news or bad news for you today? What images come to mind for you? Can you relate to the disciples of Jesus who came to love and trust Jesus, even if imperfectly, as their friend, as their guide on God's salvation path? And then they lose Jesus to death by crucifixion. And then suddenly they learn he is alive. Can you imagine the hope, their relief, the security they felt? And can you also relate to the guards and the religious leaders who though they may have tried had not come to trust in Jesus and his message, but went on living, trying to manage and control all the outcomes of their lives and who received the same news of the resurrection, but with that news came every kind of fear of every kind of insecurity. Can we relate to that feeling? With the rest of the world, we are all living in a pandemic. Many of us wishing that life would return to how it was a month or so ago. Some of us had jobs last month and income, and now we don't. We could leave our homes and move more freely just a few weeks ago. We didn't have loved ones get sick and die from COVID-19. Maybe we ourselves are sick today and we were healthy a month ago. We were not cooped up alone in our homes and now battling with loneliness and depression or we were not cooped up with our families whom we love, but now we're all feeling the lack of space and it's wearing on all of us. Many of us could at least eat a month ago. For many, it was just one meal a day, the free lunch at school. And now with school out, many are spending their entire day looking for a meal. Many a month ago could go to work without fear, but now as employees of essential businesses, 
though they're grateful for income, going to work involves so much fear of contracting the virus as they serve the public. And for other frontline workers, the first responders and all who support them, they struggle to keep up with the demands of more and more cases of sickness and death with not enough equipment with which to protect and serve. And consider those in developing nations in the world who are under enforced lockdown and they're forced to shelter in place away from their food sources and they have no food or income. And consider asylum seekers in U.S. detention centers living a dozen at a time in a small space with the threat of COVID-19 growing more each day and they are not allowed to leave. Nothing is where we left it a few weeks ago. Is Jesus? Is God? The disciples make their way to Galilee. They ascend the mountain according to Jesus' direction and they find him there. But he still has no plans to stay. Nor does he have plans for his disciples to stay. This scene is often called the Great Commission. Jesus tells them, go. Do not stay here. There's a mission to carry out of God's love. So he calls them to leave the familiar, to go out into the world and with any lengths to baptize in the name of the Trinity of love. That is to pour over all people the good news of God's forgiveness, pure acceptance, and love unmeasured. Jesus does not stay where we leave him. And he will call us to leave places we would rather stay, even if it's not comfortable there. At least we think we know what to expect. But Jesus will tell us to go because the good news of God's new life in Christ is meant for all people and it will relieve us of all fear. It comes with the good news of God's love, which heals everything. But how do we go in the midst of a pandemic when in so many ways we in the world are stuck in place? Many of you, even in pandemic, continue to live out your faith in Christ in ways that sheltering in place allows safely. You continue to contribute to feeding the hungry and sheltering the homeless and staying connected with one another at Knox and in your communities, online, on Zoom, you're forming small groups. You're having brief and safe porch to sidewalk chats or veranda to, to veranda conversations. You're writing letters. You're making phone calls. Many Knox deacons and members with the leadership of Becky Bosarge, our congregational care coordinator, began making phone calls shortly after Ohio established the stay-at-home policy. And these calls to others in your Knox community were such a blessing, and they continue to be a surprise gift that lifts spirits. We hear about this weekly. You may have heard this past week that Dr. Amy Acton, the di director of Ohio's Department of Health and the leader 
of Ohio's response to COVID-19. She issued a challenge to Ohio citizens to make five phone calls a day. Realizing the toll that stay at home and social distancing is taking on our spirits. She encouraged us to call five people a day simply to check in, to say, I'm thinking of you, how are you? To say hello. And not only can this help reduce feelings of loneliness and anxiety or restlessness, it also, she assured, can serve to reduce the spread of the virus by calming our desire to sacrifice social distancing and compromise the health of the whole by making non-essential outings. So Dr. Acton's call is not unlike the call of Jesus to go, to show and tell the love of God simply by saying to one another, I was thinking of you. If you would like to heed this invitation and to make daily calls, and would like to call someone from the Knox community, but do not have their number, we invite you to contact Tina Hubert. You can find her information at knox.org. She's a staff member and she will be happy to assist you. Friends, as we do go as disciples of Jesus, however God may call us to serve with our unique gifts, where will we find Jesus? We may not find him where we wish he was or where we left him or where we wish he would stay. But take heart. We will always find him right where we need him, which is right here, right now. Look, Jesus said, remember, I myself will be with you every step of the way, now and always. Be to God. Amen.